Hello, oh. everyone, and welcome to episode two of Roll the Dice with D&D. I am Damien, and with me, as always, on this journey through our record collections is your other host, the great Danko Jones. Danko, how are you doing? I'm good, Damien. I'm also, I'm actually the other D. You're the other D. Yeah, we're the D. I'm the other D. Yeah. We could both be and like that's the thing about it. Like you could be it could be Danko and Damien or Damien and Danko. We don't have what? any hierarchy. The dice, the dice determines. The dice determines. Exactly. <laughs> the record flip. The record flip as we've established on the when we flip the record, that's who we know who goes first. Uh thank you to everyone that listened to this thing. I don't know about yourself, but I got some great feedback from people. I think we're getting feedback from the type of audience that uh we would be a part of if we were yeah. if we weren't making this show i think i noticed that too um i also noticed that during the first episode i think i plugged it's it was recorded so long ago i plugged an album before the current one we're plugging now that's how old it was yeah uh, so For yeah, the first sorry go on no i i think it's great that we were able to um still be into the idea you know and you know, dig it up and keep going. Well, plugs aside, I think it speaks to how evergreen this idea is. You could be listening to an mm -hmm. episode that we could have recorded three years ago, potentially, and it would still sound fresh today. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the thing is, I went on social media and I said, check out this new podcast we're doing <laughs> <laughs> with the previous album I'm plugging. But it was great. I, I enjoyed uh, watching it and I watched it. And I, I, I loved it. I watched it too, because I, I, I loved it. And I think, yeah, I can't wait to record some more. So I guess we won't uh, ramble on too much longer. Uh, where can people reach you? What's the best place to reach you for the record side of your life? Instagram. I've got all my kooky, crazy records there at, at Next Level Record Collecting. And that's where I post all my... Uh, kind of kitschy well you know this is these are the albums that i want to talk about with you so a lot of them have been posted but some of them haven't so surprises i think that's the thing you and me both have a lot of arrows in our weird record quiver left to find yes yeah absolutely and i it's what i live for yeah i live to tell to show people this weird record i found that's all all right well that's let's let's let people listen to it uh everyone stay digging Stay weird and uh, stay loving records. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of D&D with Danko Jones and myself, Damien Abraham. Each week, we bring to you and to each other a different record where uh, we, we have not really discussed these records in advance, but we will now kind of reveal them to each other. And then we will have a discussion about these records and where they fit in our lives and, and all sorts of fun. So this is episode two. Episode one was a lot of fun. I had a blast. It was so much fun. Yeah. This is definitely something where, you know, it feels like we would do this anyway, not recording it. So that's kind of the best type of show. I think it's kind of, you know, I have to admit, I love to buy records cause I want to listen to the music, but I also buy them cause I, I want to be able to talk about them 100%. to people who you're usually not interested in hearing about them. Mm -hmm. and the only reason I would ever want to do a DJ night is so someone would come up to me to talk to me about the records I was playing. Right. You know, like, like what's this you're playing? Normally it was like, 
Do you have any Miley Cyrus or do you have any Drake? Which normally the only things people have said to me when I DJ, but you know, I, I right. I'm, I'm, you know, and I did bring those records by those people eventually. So, <laughs> you know, so uh, today I've got a good choice. You've got a good choice, but I think we're going to flip the record again to see who goes first. I'm sure. Is right. That- yes. I forgot about that. The record flip. You call it once again, this is, we're using a old copy of uh, a solo project that I'm sitting on several copies of. So uh, call it A-side or B-side? A-side today. A-side is for what came up. All right. So you will lead this one. Did I win last time? No, I think I, I, I think I won. Or did you win? You won. I don't know. This could be like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead <laughs> thing where, you know, it keeps coming up heads over and over again. I only know that reference because I acted in the school play of that. So, I, you know, I don't sit around reading plays otherwise. I only know it because of the movie. I've never seen the movie. i got to see the movie. With Carrie Oldman, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, definitely sounds. I should have seen so, that years ago. But anyway, go on. This is my choice is um, now uh, I didn't realize it, but it's working in my favor. I have the screen door here on the side giving me the side light. But so the door's open and I don't know if you can hear it on your side, but there's dogs barking every now and then. And uh, at first I thought, oh, that might interfere with the show. But no, because my choice today is train your dog. Oh, my gosh. Barbara Woodhouse, the uh, the lady with the dogs uh, in the 80s, maybe the 70s and 80s. She was a household name. She was everywhere. I mean, she was on. The Tonight Show, she was, uh, I think, 60 Minutes gave her a, a story. She was on every afternoon talk show, every magazine show. Uh, and she was the lady with the dogs because she really taught the world how to train your dog, I think. Um, and so this is a – she wrote a book called uh, No Bad Dogs. And this is kind of what the book – cover looks like except on the book cover she's wearing a white blouse Uh, and so no bad dogs and this is kind of the audio version of that but not really and uh when i got it i got it years and years ago when i didn't have a dog and i have a dog now the book comes with this beautiful um illustrated booklet that you can go through and follow, much like a children's book, but it's, you know, you training your dog. And there's also, of course, she was a, a smart business, savvy businesswoman. You could order her choke chain and some of her <laughs> other other merch items. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have a problem dog. I, I have a problem dog at home. And uh, not a problem dog, but he's a rescue dog and he has a lot of issues um, mainly with other dogs. Um, sadly, I don't think this album would help the problem, but it was really, I, even, I did, I did get a couple of pointers out of it. So, and she, uh, Barbara Woodhouse, uh, if you've ever heard the term walkies, walkies, no, what walkies, <laughs> she, that was one of her training, uh, catchphrases, walkies. And people used to, <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, I didn't know 
why people were saying that either. Um, but it's because of Barbara Woodhouse. And it's, I think, the command that you give a dog when you want the dog to come to you or to walk with you. Walkies! And she also coined the phrase, or the, the words, the command, sit. Really? Yeah. That was her? Apparently, that was her, sit. My because gosh. She was, really, she was really adamant about the, the, the sound of the T. Wait. Yeah. Sit. Those were words that I, she felt dogs could follow. And so sit. Uh, walkies doesn't have the same T and it doesn't have the same, but I don't know. It worked. And it she has was an very, ease. I guess maybe they hear that ease. Yeah, walkies. maybe. Walkies. I think if you want your dog to come to you or walk with you, walkies. Oh, um, so Damien, I don't think you ever guessed you'd be talking about this tonight. No, I did not. No, I did not. I guess she's also kind of like the, the every generation, I guess, will have one. But like the Caesar Milan, that was his last name, right? The uh, the dog whisperer. Oh, that guy. He's um, fallen out of vogue, too. There's a lot of people that say his training methods, you know, allegedly are not uh, the, what you should do with a dog these days. Caesar. See, I, I never I never watched that show. Um, he rollerbladed with the dogs. I remember that being like a big part, like to get the energy out of a dog. I was like, wow, that's what it takes. I don't know if I'm ready to, to do that then. Well, you know, before, before we got our rescue dog, um, we went for a training session. And one of the things that I remember is, you know, working with rescue dogs, a lot of them are problem dogs already. They come with a myriad of issues and you would, you would have to like jerk the chain when you train them. I always thought that was a little kind of rough. But Barbara Woodhouse, I think they all got it from her because she's all about jerking it, uh, jerking the chain to, to train the dog to listen to to you. And then, you know, you don't need the, the album anymore because there's enough Barbara Woodhouse YouTube links online to, to really learn her method. But now you can see her jerk the chain and holy cow. I don't know. Maybe, maybe our dog is really uh, – how he is because we're not jerking that chain as much, but it just felt, it felt, it looks a little rough. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's out of vogue as well. I think so. But I think they also parody her or reference her on the Simpsons. Oh yeah. She, yeah, she's been in, she's been parodied on the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember that from Santa's little helper getting the choke like really hard with that chain. Yeah. And the dog goes cross-eyed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it feels like, you know, like you're, you know, uh, you know, like it's like uh, Doctor Spock. He's have that no spank your kids thing, and then he reversed his decision on it. He's like, no. Sp- oh, I didn't know that. Apparently, later in life, he's like, no, you should spank your kids. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> hilarious. I, I mean, I wonder what set him off. I know. <laughs> he's like, be there for that moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think I think it's also uh, amazing that you now know the the stylistic differences between the Barbara Woodhouse uh, album cover photo poses. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, I've stared at this thing for years. You know, I, I, I must admit, I listened to it when I just got it years and years ago. And because I didn't have a dog, I'm not going to, this is just, this became <laughs> a record that's just waiting around for moments like this, where I could show it off to someone who is a, not a willing <laughs> not a willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm here. Yeah, I'm willing to hit you up about coming back. I was like, we gotta do this again. 
I'm dying to tell people that I own this record. So um, I actually, I actually like, um, you know, listen to it now that leading up to the episode and now that th there's a dog in my life who, ha who has issues um, and th the issues uh, my dog Ralph has is he barks at every dog viciously. Mm -hmm. Like there, he wants to kill them. Um, and uh, that's been an issue you know, it, it's great during COVID because people stay the hell away from us automatically when we're walking the dog. But, um, you know, it gets, a, it gets a little much because especially if you're walking Ralph at seven in the morning on a Sunday and you know he's waking up the entire neighborhood, <laughs> um, it just gets a little much. But, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I had a vocal dog myself. Oh, can we... My kids pocket dialed a podcast guest this morning, so I just got to really text him back. And uh, I am so, so sorry. <laughs> that was my four. I like look over and it's like calling this guy. And it wasn't even like a podcast guest that I'm friends with. It's like someone I don't know. And it's just like eight o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was my four-year-old. Uh, no, but thank you again so <laughs> much for doing the show. I will text you when I am going to put it up next week. Oh, I almost sent that all in caps. That would be really embarrassing. Too. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're like screaming at him for <laughs> you pocket dialing him. Oh, and I am going to. People also now know I'm a terrible typer, too. So <laughs> I'm going to post it next week. There we go. That's why I shouldn't be in charge of my life. There we go. All right. All right. There. Back to back to more fun <laughs> topics than that. Back to Barbara. <laughs> back to Barbara. I don't know. I have a dog that barked a lot too, so I'm wondering if that worked. Where'd you get that record? Vortex? You know, I was trying to remember. I, I thought I got it at like the last record from last week's show. I thought I was pulling out two vinyl museum purchases, mm -hmm. but uh, I know because every vinyl museum Peter Dunn purchase was it was in the the record sleeve was a, a, a vinyl museum record sleeve. And so this is its own. And if it wasn't in a vinyl museum record sleeve, it had a rubber stamp of a biblical saying of yeah, some sort. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So, so this has neither of them. So I'm thinking maybe I got it at Vortex or I know I got it in Toronto, of course. Uh, I just can't remember when, but it was one of my earliest, um, next level kitsch purchases it's really spurned me on to to bought to get more you know so i think that's uh, also like a very much a, a a thing of like probably people of a of like who grew up at a certain time with the tonight show like these personalities that existed and became national because the tonight show was such a force you know like it's yeah it's not like today where like there's like a million i guess the daily show at one time was kind of that for the last era but like there's not really like a defining talk show at this point. There's just a lot of different talk shows. And with social media and, and people so streamlined into different, different avenues, all no one's really 
single-minded in, in, you know, consuming this, you know, from one stream. So we don't know, you know, I don't know some of the people you think, you know, and I, uh, are, are the biggest cats in town and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. We don't know each other's, uh, the people we're, we're paying attention to. And but, we're like that close compared to a lot of people, like as far as like taste wise, I mean. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, um, Barbara Woodhouse hit everyone. Uh, everyone knew who she was, but also to her credit, uh, in, in, you know, looking at some old YouTube, uh, links, she's really, really charismatic. She's, She's funny. She's quick-witted. She can she can go back and forth with anyone. Like whether it's a David Letterman or a Johnny Carson, she can she can volley back. So that's also part of her appeal, and I think one of the reasons why she kept getting asked to do these appearances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the uh, like if you were if you were able to kind of hold that conversation. These these shows are so desperate to have consistent guests that kind of hit yeah. that they're like. All right. Like, what was that guy? That, who's the, the, the zoo guys? Jack? Not Jack Hanna. Was it Jack Hanna? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were several of them. But, um, and they always were in their zookeeper outfits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah those type of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like, she's part of that whole kind of zany crew, mm-hmm. I think, you mm-hmm. know, where they would just, for almost for like um, a lighthearted, um, you know, in between, like a lighthearted interlude, they bring out these characters. It's also kind of funny because, like, I guess Letterman was like kind of took that idea and turned it upside on its head, where he would have like anti personalities come on, like Crispin Glover or Harvey Pekar. Uh, you know, like in the early ages, like you know, early years of that show, or even like even Chris Elliott. But Chris Elliott obviously was a little more in on the joke. But it sometimes it felt like he was just booking to have sort of these awkward exchanges with the anti personalities. Yeah, like even the like, you know the the awkward security guard in the studio yeah, yeah. who works at CBS or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, um, and that became a whole thing unto itself. So, um, and I guess that's it's what, a lost thing, you know. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. Sorry, I was going to say also leads it to like the whack pack. I guess is the uh, the most Howard like, Stern. Extreme, yeah, most extreme incarnation of that. Well, I am a fan of some whack packers. Um, but I mean, I guess Barbara Woodhouse in the world of Johnny Carson, I think she might be considered a whack packer, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's the lady who talks to dogs, <laughs> you know, but she seemed uh, also another thing is she's like, you know, she's very likable, but also when you zero in on some of the things she was saying and stuff, she's also really rude. Mm-hmm. And her whole thing was she trains the owners as much as she trains the dogs. And in doing so, she comes off pretty, I don't know, kind of like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she is effective. I'm just, I'm just kind of halfway on the, the, the jerk in the chain with the dog. It just seems so rough. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, we can't. Although when we did get our rescue dog, uh, that was mentioned. It's just she does it pretty rough. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, and we've been through two trainers. We've had two trainers try to try to try to help us out with our with our dog, but he looks like a puppy, but he's actually seven years old, so he's set in his ways. Yeah, yeah, and especially if it's like trauma based, you know, which it sounds it is like all trauma based. Yes, like all trauma based. Inflicting more trauma on top of that does not seem like a good idea. 
Yeah, it's just that when our dog is going ballistic and I'm out walking him, it just makes me look like I'm a bad dog owner. Yeah. But you can't go up to everyone and go, no, no, you don't understand. He's been attacked this many times. Yeah. He was, he's, all, he's coping he's with all, a lot. He's, yeah. he's going through a lot. Leave, him, leave my fucking dog alone, please. So it's a bad reflection. But, what you know, Barbara Woodhouse wouldn't approve, but it's okay. I approve of... This episode's my episode selection. Is a mic getting in the way? No, I think mine's. Why is mine in the way? I think it's kind of no. Just get good shot of that. Yeah, we, I can kind of see it. Also, people can find the link. I'm sure. I'm sure, there's just on YouTube as a record. I didn't even think of looking. Okay, like who would? God, who would be the one to do that? There's a lot of records on YouTube, but my choice this week is not on YouTube. Okay, I just realized that before we went on air. I was hoping that someone had been. Uh, studious and uploaded it but i think that's because uh like a lot of things from this country it's kind of like uh not as you know uh globally recognized as it should be um and the record i'm talking today about is laddie's stop punk karen punk karen nice yeah this is a a record from the uh, amazing country that i got a chance to visit one time iceland and this is not just any punk record. It's actually a novelty record by this guy. And No way! Yeah, he's a, he was a stand-up comedian, apparently of some sort, but also a musician. And his brother is a famous stand-up comedian, I believe, in Iceland as well. Um, but this was a record that he put out in 1981 when punk came to Iceland. And punk came to Iceland in a huge way. Like, when you consider it's a country of, you know, what less than a million people, like by a long shot. I should have researched this. I think it's a hundred, two hundred thousand, maybe or something. I was just there last year. It's incredible, eh? You... I loved it. Oh, yeah, love it. Me too. I love going there, and it's. But punk hit it in a in a huge way, and there were dozens of punk bands. Which you know, I think if you probably put it out, you know, in some sort of statistical analysis, it might be the most punk country in the world, just because, you know, the number of punk bands versus how many people there are in the country. It's almost like one in every thousand people was playing in a punk band. No, right. way more than that. Probably like one in every, probably like 200 people, 300 people. I, have, I don't know. A second math. Things move fast in Iceland, I guess. Yeah. Is... Well, I don't know when it came. I don't think it came till a little bit later. Like I don't, this record came out in 81 and this right. record is, it's awesome. Like musically, um, it's it's all about the chorus. The verse is kind of cool. It's kind of got like a, I don't want to say like a ska feel to it, but it's not ska. But it's definitely not new wave. It's more just kind of like mainstream zany pop a little bit. The verses, okay, but, right. But the chorus is soaring, and it's like one of the great rock choruses of all time. Certainly one of my favorite punk choruses of all time. Debatable whether or not you sonically would describe it as punk after hearing it. But yeah, like this is just like the one song this guy put out and it is fantastic. I got this record in Iceland when we played there four, four years ago, I guess it would have been now five years ago, maybe more six. Anyway, what were you playing? What, what, what was it? Just a fucked up uh, show or a festival or what we, was that? We played Rock and Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Really? Yeah which was a uh, a huge honor and that's a festival put on wow. yeah it's put on by that Iceland Airwaves uh airline 
And oh no, which is, no, which Rock, is defunct, right? Yeah, Rock and Reykjavik is the name of the compilation. Sorry, we played Iceland Airways. <laughs> it was the name of the festival that we played. Um, oh, okay, okay. And it was put on by Iceland's Airways uh, airline company. And that went under, right? I don't think it went. Did it go under? There's a there's an Icelandic airline that went under, and that was the airline we took. Oh, like a couple of weeks before everything went down. Oh my gosh! Well, I, um, that's sucks to hear because it was a an amazing. It could be the other. It could be another one, but it was an Icelandic yeah. airline. Okay, that might make sense. It, it definitely uh, was an incredible experience getting to go there and getting to play. We played this festival. Um, that's you know like a lot of different bands played. I'm trying to remember who the big headliners were the year we played, and I'm. I'm blanking on it now. Maybe goat, but one of goat. Those, yeah, like there's like two or three bands called Goat, so I don't want to commit to that. But anyway, I know the Goats, but that's like a '90s hip hop band. <laughs> no, I know that one too. And then there's Goat. That's all I know. There's Goat, which is a skateboarding band, but I don't know this. But this is not them anyway. Uh, but there's a pe- a penis museum in in Reykjavik. I did not go there when we went there. You last. didn't go there? No. It is an amazing tourist attraction. I'm going to say a lot more fun than going whale watching. We didn't see any fucking whales and I nearly froze to death. And the kids were vomiting and everyone on the ship was vomiting. Whale watching was not fun. But the penis museum is a lot of fun. And they have a whale penis. So I got to see more whale at the penis museum right. than I saw whale watching. You know? Wow. Okay. Um, it is all sorts of penises, and they actually have a documentary about their quest to acquire a human penis. And people have donated their penis there, but like it's it's always a hard, uh, a hard, hard, very poor choice of word. Well, you're the one talking about choking it earlier, so I'm just playing into that now. Uh, but this, uh, it, it's like a, it's like a, a, it's it's very difficult to acquire a penis by a human of a human. Wow. So they uh, they have a documentary about their, their attempt to acquire one. When I was there, they did not have a human penis, or at least I, I didn't see it. But they have penises of a lot oh. of... Oh. They got a lot of penises. Of different, like, animals. Animals. All types of animals. So not one human penis. Not one human penis. In the penis museum. Yeah. Hmm. I think they might have... Wow. They might have, like, replica human penises, if I remember correctly, but... No real, because everything else is like sitting in formaldehyde, like floating there, like a penis. <laughs> Lots of penises. <laughs> I, actually, I don't know if penises float, but I'll take your word for it. I th- they, some were floating. Maybe they're just kind of leaned up against the side of the tube, <laughs> and that's why it looked like it was floating. But anyway, I, I don't have very, very good memories of that part of the trip. But um, we brought the kids. Um, to the penis museum, as one does, you know, you're like, well, we're going to go to the penis museum. We got to bring our children. Right. Um, so we brought young, Hol- young Holden, my eldest, and Dorian, who was just a baby. And then wow. Holden did not enjoy the penis museum nearly as much as I think he would now, as a slightly older kid. I think he would, right? You know, it would be a giant hilarity blast. Yeah, totally. But Dorian fell asleep, and Lauren's like, <laughs> oh no, no, he wasn't asleep, but it was time for him to go for a nap. So Lauren's like, I'm going to take Holden and get ice cream. You can take um, Dorian to sleep. And I've been to some record stores so far in Iceland, but I had never, like, had that great record score, right? Like, I went and bought... Actually, I got the Rock and Reykjavik compilation at this, like, record fair that's in this big flea market there. This thing. Are you familiar with this called? 
No. You can watch this thing on YouTube, but this is a documentary about sort of like the Icelandic new wave punk explosion. I believe came out, yeah, in 1982. So it's actually from the same time period as the, the single I'm talking about today. And it's got all sorts of great bands. I believe Bjork's first, one of her early bands is on this. I don't think it's her first band because she did stuff when she was super young. Um, but also Von Brigade, uh, Start. Um, so it's all over the map. Some new wave bands, some more punk bands. Uh, this is on streaming services too this as a compilation oh cool uh the icelandic punk tends to be a little more kind of post-punky i've i found like i'm sure there's right now there's probably all sorts of bands doing all sorts of styles there but this first wave of stuff like it definitely had um you know like a distinct kind of sound to it that wasn't like which is what i love about punk rock like the fact that you have stuff in dc that sounds nothing like the stuff that's coming out of la you know right and and that's same with this stuff like it sounds nothing like punk from any other place um, especially at the time period. Uh, but I guess the biggest band from Iceland punk wise would be Bjork's band, Knull. Um, they did a record on Crass Records. But anyway, I had been, I picked up a couple records. Go on, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, isn't it, it, it's, it's, you said it had a no wave sound to it? A, a new wave, kind of no wave sound, like post punk. I would say, like, Joy Division seems like, even though it would be kind of contemporary with Joy Division, it seems like yeah, yeah. that kind of style, you know? Right. Got, like, gothy arty i guess it's artier you know um certainly certainly isn't like boston hardcore in its approach you know like which is <laughs> you think 81 like what's going on in boston you know and this is going on in iceland but iceland is 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 almost a similar scene i mean in iceland they're doing the same stuff same stuff it's like they call it boston junior in europe <laughs> um, <laughs> when you found the single in the record store in Reykjavik, when, when I was there, I went into a couple of record stores too. Maybe we went to the same ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what scared me off from buying anything was just simply the prices were outrageous Incredible. when I started to to um, do the currency um, equivalency thing. And I mean, I stopped doing that. I don't usually do it when we travel because it it'll you'll go nuts. You, yeah, you lose your. Um, but I did make the mistake while we were there to uh, I got a big bowl of soup, and it was like twenty five bucks, and I freaked myself out, and then I I couldn't buy anything, you know, except a bag of chips. I knew when we went there that it was going to be a problem for me and these records, and so I told Lauren that um what i wanted for my birthday that year oh no i yeah my birthday had come and gone right we, were, we went at the, the end of october we went over halloween weekend so i said i don't want you to get me anything for my birthday and i want anything for christmas as a gift just give me forgiveness for what i'm going to do in Iceland. <laughs> and she agreed and uh we went to iceland and yeah like i didn't i i wish i could have spent way more you know and there's definitely things i put back like i've got a this friend ronald um who i know from holland his he had this motto that was uh records go to print money doesn't like you can always find more money and uh, there's definitely times where i should have held back buying records but there's other times where i'm like when am i ever going to be in iceland again to buy a lot of this stuff and like granted we live in a world where all this shit's accessible because of the internet but like you know it hits different when you're buying it Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I hate that feeling now. Oh yeah, because I know I'm gonna throw down. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. 
I really hate I hate it. <laughs> I I bought a lot of stuff, and I so we got to the store, started looking around, <clears throat> and I picked up this record because of the way it looked, and I was like, to one of the you know I always talk to the record clerks as we all do, and I'm like, what's this one about? He's like, oh, it's just a joke record. It's just a novelty record, you know. And fake punk records are kind of it's it's like this real interesting subsect of punk rock where there's like right you know a lot of stuff to get humor at the expense of punk bands and stuff i I think one of the most famous ones or one of the best ones is sctv's i hate the bloody queen queen haters yeah Yeah. which was the young lions playing the music right yes yes now i now i know i did not know anything about it when uh when I watched it, yeah, shout out to Steve Perry for doing an interview with the Young Lions all about it and stuff. But yeah, I had no idea watching it, and it's covered by um uh, um a few people. Yeah, yeah, covered I, by I, who? Uh oh, Mudhoney. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think Mudhoney yeah. covers it, and someone else covers it on another. Con- anyway, but anyway, it's covered by a few different bands over the years, and a uh, you know like a, a worthy addition, definitely the fake punk catalog. Yeah, and I would definitely say this one is too. Um, I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> uh, I sh- I think it's stop, stop punk. Maybe I don't know. Stop punk rock. Uh, oh, maybe. But it is it is a fantastic song. Or it's Store. Sorry, it's Store Punkin Karen. Punkinarian. My Icelandic is terrible. It's really not my probably wouldn't even be my twenty eighth language. So do you know anything about the comedian behind the song? I've looked up his stuff on Discogs. He's definitely got an extensive kind of catalog. This doesn't appear on any of the albums, but it is um yeah, so the, I think this is like kind of his one departure. The rest of the stuff I've heard seems to be kind of folky. Like the B side of this record is, for me, unlistenable. Like right. this would be a per, this would be a perfect record if you could glue two copies of it together. So it's just that punk song on both sides, you know. But it's so it's just a joke. It's just really a, just yeah, really just a joke. But it's that chorus, you know. Like it's just like a real soaring, um, you know, and in perfect harmonies. And stuff like that. Like, if I could speak the language or if I could find a lyric sheet to even fake it better than I'm faking the pronunciation, I would dream of covering this song. You know, kind of sounds like Mr. Bungle in the verses, though. So the verses aren't so hot, but the chorus. (laughs) See, that's that would pique my interest. The uh, Mr. Bungle verses. Really? (laughs) Yeah. In fact, when you whipped out that single, you're like, okay, so this is a punk single. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's done by a comedian. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, like, that's what I want to go with. I think my stuff's going to tend to lean in the punk rock kind of uh, side of things, just because that tends to be what I have in my collection. But I'm always going to try and find, you know, I'm not just going to bust out the anti-Symics record second week. We're going to have to, like, well, I'll just be, keep being weird for as long as I can. Yeah, know? that'll... I will keep it weird, period. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I'm looking through this box of records beside me that were my potentials for today. And there's some weird ones in here. There are some definite weirdo records in here. Uh, all right. But um, uh, is anything else? No. I, I um, The best part is – the best part in doing this show is trying to figure out what the next album that I'm going to bust out for you is going to be. So Same. I have – the next few days to think about it. It gives me something to do. Uh, COVID, you know, 
the first two episodes we did, I think these were going to be the first two, no matter what. I, it makes perfect sense to me. But now I'm in uncharted territory. I, I, I can't wait to see your face when I whip out. That's what I live for. I live for, that's why I buy these dumb records just for the face. Yeah. We, so. we, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I think there's just like so many records that you have that like you're saying, like, you know, you might not ever listen to, but at the same time, you can't get rid of it in case an opportunity arises to discuss it with people. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I, I post these things online and I always get the comment from someone going, do you actually listen to this? And it's not that I'm a poser or anything because I don't listen to it. It's because I want to show you that I have it. Yes. Is yeah. this nuts? Yeah, look at this. Someone made this. Someone thought this was a good idea. Uh, I live for that. What, when you eventually do your, like, um, you know, 90s-style sample record, you you want to have all these things to drop in there, you know? <laughs> you want to have your, uh, your cool sound bites. It's so true. I mean, I don't know if any rap songs ever sampled walkies. <laughs> I think that's sick, dude. That would be like yeah. a heavy tripped out record to sample. Yeah, I'm I'm sure of it. And you know, another thing about um, you know watching TV and everything with a with our dog is if he hears a dog on TV or if he hears a bark on television or in a movie, he goes nuts. <laughs> and so, leading up to, I've been years since I heard this. I, I could not remember if there was dog noises, dogs barking on the record. There's just her voice. It's just her. No dogs. Is there like a oh there's no dogs on it. I wonder No dogs. No. Does he respond? Does the dog respond to just her voice when you put it on? No, but when I was saying walkies, he he started acting weird. Oh weird. Yeah, it was weird. I wonder if there's like is there like a catnip for dogs? Yeah, it's like food. I don't, I don't know. know. Like, wait, like, get some high because then you could put on like a tripped out record and help him work through his trauma. Like, like people that take psychedelic mushrooms and acid to work through trauma. I don't know if there's catnip. I mean, there's just treats. Get, yeah, there's I guess it's kind of over that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Get the dog super uh, baked on CBD dog treats and then just help <laughs> oh, work through the God. trauma. Psychedelic, psychedelic <laughs> dog If treats. I could feed him that before I take him out for a walk. That's what you should try. Yeah, then he would be all chill and he wouldn't freak out over everyone. No one cares about you, dude. I keep telling him, like, you're totally safe. But he's, it's like his life depends on, you know, barking at this dog. Well, that's why you should try the CBD thing. I think you just went to the wrong record in your record collection. You should have gone to the Cheech and Chong record where they talk about <laughs> his dog eating his stash. Right. That might be the way you'd go with it. <laughs> I think CBD dog treats might help deal with the dog's anxiety. I, I don't even know if that there if there is a catnip for dogs. I, I don't CBD. I think it's just a bone. No CBD dog not, treats. Is that a real thing? A hundred percent, dude. Yeah, like definitely. It's it's a huge growth. It's like a huge growth industry. CBD dog treats for real. Yeah, to help dogs treat their anxiety. Oh my god, he has so much anxiety. I honestly, this could be something else that comes out of this podcast. It's not just friends discussing records. It's friends helping friends with their pet issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I have more animal animal records to bust out in the future. I mean, I can go on for this can go on for years. Oh yeah, I've got like 
I got some, we got episodes for days because I got I got picture discs that I want to talk about and like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know I grabbed this thing I think it was from uh, what's the dude who who does uh, Wolf Eyes John um, is he the one who does the Instagram too Yeah, Insane Johnny Yeah, Insane Johnny Yeah, yeah he posted this one thing and it's a a picture of a guy going oh like and it, and it, all it said was um uh picture discs oh <laughs> i grabbed it and i posted it as well we could have a conversation about records like the best picture discs ever and the worst picture discs ever i see i'm not a big picture disc guy i don't really never really found the appeal but i do having said that i have a, a couple who was not more than a couple i think career suicide was the last toronto band to put out a picture disc well maybe lex on fire but they're not really Toronto. Career, career Suicide have a picture disc? A picture disc 7-inch. They know what the picture disc is of? No. The 7-inch cover art. It's like the worst picture disc. It's like a waste of resources. They put the 7-inch cover. That's almost brilliant. I I, I, I guess. I don't think. I don't just think. the cover on the album. <laughs> yeah, just the 7-inch cover. <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> it's like in that death threat the band the the tragedy kind of side project band death threat and it was like a gatefold and the gatefold's just of hot dogs on an assembly line like it's like a giant gatefold of hot dogs <laughs> i like that we had to make this statement there's no way this album feels complete without this statement with the artwork that's great yeah uh well i guess uh until next time uh, where should people reach you well i mean i'm online at uh, at danko jones one word on twitter and at danko underscore jones on instagram and since we're talking about vinyl i do have a separate instagram account just for my vinyl next level record collecting on instagram and i am at leffer damien on all the formats and and uh like danko i have a podcast as well we both have podcasts find them on our respective uh just find us on social media we, we plug our podcasts yeah yeah or just do a search on spotify or itunes or soundcloud for me yeah and i don't even know where people are watching this yet but uh wherever it is like and subscribe because i think that's what you have to do i think so in these videos now all right see you next time everyone Oh, we can do it. Yeah. Sign off with these. Walkies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do I stop the recording? Ah, oh, wait. <laughs>